Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 105 of the Craft to Career Podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy and the host of the podcast. Last week I mentioned how excited I was for this week's episode. And I really am. This is one of those guests that because of your reviews, I was able to get on the podcast. So this is Molly Kaiser, Molly M. Kaiser. She, I mean, I have a business crush on her. She's just so cool. And I hope that you can hear that and sense that in the podcast. And if you have not left a review yet, now is a great time to pause the podcast and go and leave a review. Because as a reminder, your review will help me to find great guests and have them on the podcast or have great guests find the podcast like Molly found me and reached out to me to be on the podcast because of the reviews. So thank you for your reviews and know that you are treating yourself when you leave a review because you're helping yourself to get better guests and speakers on the podcast. So with that said, let's jump in and introduce you to Molly. Molly, thank you so much for being here today. For our listeners, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do in the business world? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I've been a business owner for the last 16 years. I dropped out of college to start my very first business, which was a photography studio. And it sounds a lot easier than it was in this podcast, but I'll say over over the next few years, I grew it to a six-figure photography studio. But I mean, I started out 81 cents, 50 grand in debt, knocking on doors, like really hustling. Um, So, you know, if you're in that position, you can absolutely make it happen. And once I grew that studio to be pretty successful, a lot of other photographers started asking me how I did it. And I started doing like coaching and workshops and things, but I was already so busy with the one business trading my time for money. I'm like, there has to be a better way. And that's kind of when I started to stumble into the digital products and courses world. And so I was like, well, I can just take all the same information and make digital products. So started with a blog, made digital products. I grew that photography education company to $2 million a year. And after being in the photo industry for 16 years, I really found that my number one love and passion is really business and and digital products and online marketing. So that's what I do today. I help anyone to turn their skills or passion into their very own uh, profitable digital products which I love so much about this story. First of all, the the passion that you have. Like, I love that you were, you know, the what, 81 cents or what was it that you said at the beginning? You know, like- yeah, I literally and, had 81 cents. I was living with my grandma, like 50K plus in debt. I, I truly had nothing going for me. Like I, I got free Vista prints, business cards, and I knocked on doors. And even though I didn't want to take photos of like, cakes or cars or like those, like I wanted to be a portrait photographer, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Like I just knocked on doors and said, you know, how much would you pay me to take photos of these cakes to put on your website? It'll help you sell more cakes, you know, presenting the result that they'll get. And, you know, even though I didn't get to start out exactly where I wanted to, I did end up where I wanted to. So. Yes. Like I love that attitude of I'm going to make it work, whatever that looks like. And you're out there just hustling, grinding, getting the free business cards. I love it. And then I'm curious on the time frame 
when did you start your blog? Uh, yeah, we'll just start with that. Yeah, my blog was somewhere around 2013, 2014, like right around that area. So that was kind of the peak. I remember, I think about that time, I was like, I should start a blog because I was seeing all these people kill it with blogs. Was that that peak of the blog world? I definitely think it was. And like, I, whenever I talk about this, I often hope that it wasn't like a false belief that I have, you know, that that blogs aren't, you know, what they used to be, but blogs are still good today for like SEO and stuff. But back then you're right. Like I really felt like there was this wave of blogging. There was like RSS feeds, like people made it their daily thing to like check all their blogs. And I don't feel like that's uh, still happening today. So that's why now my focus is on YouTube. Yes. Well, and things definitely evolve and shift. And I feel like that's something, a mark of a good entrepreneur is being able to recognize, oh, things are changing. So let's pivot a little bit here and try something different. Like for when I started my business, Instagram was this wave that just started. And I feel like I caught that wave at a good time. But there's always going to be something, you know, that you can work with and grow with. So I like that about your business as well. And I love, okay, I talked about this in the email. I love this. I don't know that I would tell my kids this yet, but you <laughs> dropped out of college, right? And I'm seeing my success. I have a college degree, but I don't use it, right? Like, so can you tell us your decision to drop out of college? Tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> um, I think there are definitely careers that you need to go to college for, you know, if you want to be a doctor or, you know, a K through 12 or college professor, you know, teacher, things like that. But, you know, I, I was going to school to study art <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I thought college was going to be a lot different. I thought that, you know, there was going to be a lot of classes on how to make money with your art. Um, and there weren't any, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, you know, I was sitting here, you know, my parents did not pay for my school. I had to pay for my school myself. And I'm sitting here with tens and tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And I'm in like my third or fourth year of college. And I'm like, how the heck am I ever going to pay for this if they haven't even taught me how to make money? And I remember I was sitting in one of my photography classes and she was telling us how we can hang our artwork in galleries. And she was going on and on about how it's like, you have to apply to all these shows and then maybe you'll get one show. And then out of that show, maybe you'll sell one piece. And I'm like, okay, so for months of work, I'm maybe going to make like a couple thousand dollars. It, it just was not computing in my head. And also I really hated, I actually really hated school. Like anything that didn't have to do with marketing or photography or like the things that I liked. And so it just didn't make sense to me. And nobody understood it at the time. You know, my friends and family gave me a really hard time about dropping out. And I mean, like hashtag no regrets, you know, like it's only <laughs> yeah. uphill, uphill from there. And I mean, obviously entrepreneurship has ups and downs, but right. You know, I, I have no debt. I paid everything off a long time ago in my twenties, uh, from my business. And like a lot of my friends that have traditional careers, I will say there's nothing wrong with that. Like those, I, I know a lot of my friends have nine to fives or they, you know, work from home and they love it. Um, but I don't think they paid off their debt as soon as I did. And a lot of people still have, uh, college loans, even in like their forties. So yeah, something to consider. <laughs> well, okay. I've never read the book. I guess I probably should. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think he talks about that. Oh my gosh, I read that. it so long ago. I think I was like 19 when I read it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, even for for me, like I studied English in college and my dad was like, so what are you going to do? How are you going to support yourself? I was like, (laughs) uh, so I added on education so I could teach. Imagine with a, you know, a college, I feel like a little bit, it's the college institutions. This is a whole other topic, but they're kind of pushing like, you need to have this degree, but it's really self-serving for them. You know, like, yes, there are some careers out there where you need to have a degree, but, um, for the entrepreneur and not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur. That's Mm -hmm. not for everybody. Um, but there are many professions or even having a trade or something where, so that's for another topic, but I love the fact. I actually wanted to share a little bit more about this. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. Do. Um, so yeah, we like, I actually just had family stay with me for the last week and everyone was in their sixties. And we had a lot of interesting conversations, you know, because all of our parents, we, we felt like all of our parents, so I'm a millennial. We felt like our parents forced us to go to college. Like there's no other choice. You have to go to college. And I'm sure some people's parents paid their college. Mine did not. But yet, you know, our parents, when they went to college, they only maybe paid a few thousand dollars. They could buy, I, my, my parents' first house was $18,000 now in the area I'm in, you can't even buy a house for less than half a million dollars, like a decent house. And I just think it's a lot different. Like, I think that, you know, we shouldn't always be taking advice from these older generations because they don't understand what we're going through right now with inflation and everything. So you're right. This could be its own whole podcast, but if you're not going to school for something that needs a degree, like doctor, teacher, whatever, and even teacher, wildly underpaid like yep. definitely look up these salaries before you go there um but trades trade school also last thing i will say is you know a lot of those careers pay a lot of money you only need a certificate or a two year degree and there is no one doing these you can charge astronomical prices yep. there is you know if i call someone to come fix my windows it's like hopefully someone shows up there's just no there's just not a lot yeah. of people doing it and once the boomer generation's gone i mean Who's going to who's going to do these things? Right. Well, and I feel like a lot of these skills are a lost art, you know, like I grew up with my dad. He knew this is not a bash on my husband because I don't either. But like my dad could fix anything. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, we've got this problem. And he's like, who are we going to call? I'm like, uh, (laughs) good point. I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You know, like YouTube. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And even YouTube, sometimes I'm like, shoot, I'm going to mix that wire up and kill myself, you know? So like, yeah, no, I have a lot of thoughts. And then even for me, like getting that English education degree one, I did it because I needed a job. I didn't love teaching in the middle school setting. It was Mm -hmm. really, really rough. And then you're right, your salary, like you've spent Mm -hmm. how many years and my parents helped pay a bit, but I had to pay for college and you're earning this really and teaching right now, like anyhow. So yes, that's a whole other topic. I I could go into something needs to change for sure because we need teachers and they don't get paid enough and yeah 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 so that's why I love online courses and digital products like you can be a teacher without a degree (laughs) yep you can help lots of people there isn't any red tape by the time you get all the red tape taken out it's like maybe that isn't even relevant anymore you get to really do your own thing so I love it (laughs) yes and well on this topic too I do know a lot of women especially that's my demographic is like these women on female entrepreneurs a lot of them feel like well who am I to be doing this I don't have any certification I don't have this or that here's the deal we are results-based if you can teach someone a skill if you, whatever your experience looks like, it doesn't have to be a degree. Like if you can get results for people, 
that's what matters. And so I just think people too often write themselves off because they're like, well, I didn't go to college for this or I'm not Mm -hmm. certified in this. But your experience is enough to give you those qualifications. And so I just want to empower people that you don't have to worry about the traditional, you know, the gatekeeper of, oh, you can do this now because you've gotten this certificate type of a thing. Yeah, I think school traditionally, like, traditionally pretty much trains us. I'm trying to think of a different word, but to, you know, follow the rules. (laughs) And I have always been a rule breaker, like detention. I was in it. Like I was (laughs) always a rule breaker. Um, But traditionally it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe this is an unpopular pivot, but I think school is just like priming everyone like for the workforce, you know? And I think there needs to come a time if you want to be an entrepreneur to really realize that you do have the answers. Like you are a really intelligent person. You don't have to be told what to do. You don't have to play by the rules and you can make a huge difference on the world. And even when I had my studio making multiple six figures a year, which put me in like the top 2% of photographers everywhere, I still felt like I didn't have enough to share. I still felt like, who am I to teach others? So there is like this stigma that we need a piece of paper. We need somebody to tell us we can be a teacher. I remember even in school, they had us take these tests where it would tell us what career you should be. And I don't know. I think we're just so used to that. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you just really have to lean into knowing that you do have the answers and you can absolutely do it. Yes. And it's kind of, I mean, nothing puts gives you thick skin, like putting yourself out there as an entrepreneur, because one, you've got the own self doubt and that like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. But then you always will have other people, especially the more success you have who are like, well, who are you to say that you can do that? You know, so to be able to stand up and be like, well, actually, I do have value here. Uh, And I do have a friend who she went to college and got a degree in art. And she has seen another artist who did not go to college and not she didn't get a degree who's being very successful. And my college degree friend isn't. She's not and she does by the rules. <laughs> I, yeah, love it. I know. I love it. And she has a little chip on her shoulder. And I'm like, well, you know, which one? If you, you know, if you have debt from college or credit card, medical, whatever, it's a sunk cost. Like there's no use in in like you know, crying over spilt milk or whatever, a better saying is like, you have to just go forward. And the cool thing is if you do want your own business, like, like I said, you get to write the rules, you potentially can make a lot of money and it's really fun, you know, cause you don't have anyone telling you what to do. If, if you have a personality like mine, some people like going to work and being told what to do. And then, you know, they for sure have their nights off. They for sure have their weekends off and, yep. and that's fine too. <laughs> well, and it's funny cause I'm very much a rule follower Like I've always wanted the teachers to like me and I, you know, I want to be the best in the class. And I did go to detention once because I, whatever I wanted to like, but that was very like, whoa, what, you know? (laughs) So I feel like if someone can be a rule follower or not, but having that drive and the, I don't even know, I, that's a whole other topic as well that I'd love to investigate like entrepreneurs and why, why do we do this thing? You know, what drives us? Yeah, I do think you know, when I was younger, I don't think that I thought it impacted me as much as it did. But now that I'm, you know, 35, I realize both my parents are entrepreneurs. And I think that that did have a huge impact on me, whether I, you know, they weren't sitting me down and giving me business advice or anything. But I think just growing up and seeing like, 
oh, if I'm sick, my dad can leave his job, like leave his business and come and get me. Or like, if we want to go on a family vacation, we can go on a family vacation or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, so I do think that that had an impact on me in the way of me seeing like it is possible. And a lot of my friends, their parents were business owners. My husband's parents are business owners. <laughs> so I think I was surrounded by that. Um, but like I said, they weren't giving me advice or anything. It's not like you need to be around those people to be successful. But I do think that it made it clear that I could do it. You know what I mean? Because I saw other people doing it. Yeah. And I'm thinking as you're saying this, it's very funny. My dad was a college professor, right? <laughs> so very like, <laughs> very different. But I do have a very stubborn side. So I wonder if there's a bit of me that's like, no, you can't tell me I can't, you know? So I'm like, I will. So anyhow, very, very interesting. But I did. Okay. So I was looking at your website and you have this timeline, which I really love of just the progression of your business, which out of curiosity, are you in New Mexico right now? You mentioned am, home yeah, prices. Okay. You mentioned home <laughs> prices are really high. I didn't know they were that high in New They're Mexico. They're high everywhere, to be honest. Like even um, our house that we owned in Wisconsin before we moved, it's more like our mortgage is only $500 a month um, when we left. And right now, because I looked it up because I'm curious to see. So this is Wisconsin because everyone keeps saying, oh, the Midwest is cheap. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's $1,700 a month mortgage now for that exact same house, even though, because you have to think of it, the home price is doubled and the mortgage price, the interest rates doubled. Yes. So that's almost a four X on, and I'm seeing almost, I mean, I, I really like real estate, so I pay attention to it. I'm not like in the real estate business, right. but it's just something I like to, to look at, but wild to me, wild to me. And like, that's the other thing that gets me heated up about the generations thing. Cause I do see a lot where these older generations look down on us like, well, oh, you're just spending too much. Or there's like the Dave Ramsey, like you're buying too many lattes thing. And it's like, no, right. <laughs> I don't think that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not latteing my way into <laughs> this situation. Yeah. <laughs> that's so where in Wisconsin? I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm from Door County, but uh, we lived in, my husband and I lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's only like an hour or two from the Twin Cities. So yeah. Yeah. You were in the Twin Cities. I was in Como Park area. Oh, like, oh. Yeah. So yeah, St. Paul. Um, well, that's fun. So, okay. On this timeline of your path, the thing that really stood out to me is one, the amount of success that you've had, right? That's, that stands out. But okay. There's an ebook phenomenon that that happened. I just, can you tell us what happened with your ebook, how you found success with that? I want to know everything so I can replicate this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, when I first started getting into the, at my first education business, so for photographers, um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. Obviously I had never done it before. And I just had this blog and I built a following and people were asking me for things, but there's a lot of options out there, right? There's like, you can create an ebook, you can create a membership, you can create a course, you can create a blah, 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 blah. And I do remember one of the first things I created was a posing guide because I saw other people in my industry doing that and it seemed easy to make. And then I made a plethora of other digital products. At one point I had a hundred different digital products, which would not recommend, but also- Okay. I was going to say, do you recommend that or no, not? No, I would not recommend that. Um, and I will tell you guys kind of how that changed for me. But um, okay. So first thing is I'll just do the hundred digital products thing. One of my mentors said- you will make more money if you just focus in on one product. So we actually retired all of those products and created a new product that got 
our customers like the number one result they were wanting. And we went zero because we closed everything to $2 million in two years from just focusing on one online course. Um, so they were absolutely right. But then let's go back to the ebook. Um, so I've learned over the years that it's not so much about the type of digital product create, but rather the result that you're going to get your students. So, you know, it might be easy to create something that will make, that'll be fun for them or make their life, you know, a little bit better or whatever, but what's going to sell really well and make you a ton of money is figuring out what's your ideal client's number one pain point. So for me, when I taught service providers, what do you think that's going to be like booking more clients? Right. So I took a strategy that I had that booked me more clients in my studio and put that into a 13 page ebook. And it wasn't an ebook, like a book where you read it and it's a story. It was screenshots of what to do word for word scripts on what to post, you know, exactly. So they could just step-by-step step do this. And when they would do it, they would book a lot of photography clients. And this was only 59 to $99, my ebook. So you can imagine when someone buys an ebook for 59 bucks, and they book a client for anywhere from $300 to $3,000, they're going to be like, wow, that's a huge return um, on this investment. I wonder what else Molly has for sale. So one thing that's interesting is my uh, um, one of my online courses, I noticed like 70 to 80% of the people that bought that had already bought um, my ebook. And so not only did that ebook end up making $500,000 with no ads, like people got results and just told all their friends, like that's genuinely ah. how it worked. But they also were so much, uh, more inclined to like buy my other stuff because I actually got them a result, like a real tangible result. Yes. This speaks to my soul. <laughs> for so many reasons. One, the niche going all in. Who was your mentor that you mentioned? Well, I've had many over the years, but the one person who told me to go all in on one thing was Russell Brunson. I was in his inner circle. Uh -huh. Were you get out of here? He is like, <laughs> yeah. how did you get in there? <laughs> so I was in his inner circle 2017 and 2018. So I was in before he made like all these tears and like had hundreds of, so it was, I, I think I was in at the best time personally, because it was yeah. just, uh, I was in when it was like Lady Boss, uh, Alex Hermosi, like all. So I got to see all these people Dang. like grow along with me. It was like, well, me along with them, whatever, vice versa. It was so right, right. cool. And it was only maybe 90 people total. And then we would split up into rooms of 25 people. And I think I paid 25 grand, but now the minimum I think is like 50 grand. Ugh, my heart rate is going up with envy in the best way. <laughs> like we're going to have to bring this conversation off the podcast. I need to pick your brain. I do. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is, I get, I'm very excited all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. I love it. My listeners know this. So, okay. That's amazing. Um, uh, any other lessons, Russell, that you can share with us? Oh, my goodness. I mean, so many, honestly. Yeah. Number one, for sure, would be the, the focus, because I remember I came to him when I was so I, I actually did kind of sneak into inner circle in a way, because when I joined, they said you had to be making a million dollars a year. And I was like, yeah, for sure. But I was actually making <laughs> half a million dollars at that time. Um, but I was like, I want to get in. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Um, it was a little white lie. Um, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. They were happy to take my money. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and there was a lot of other people in there that were just under the million dollar mark as well. But um, yeah, so that was my number one piece of advice. Another thing he, another piece of advice he gave me that was really good was I had this webinar and it was already doing well, but I, 
I used to have Voxer, like Inner Circle used to have Voxer access to Russell, which is crazy. Oh, so that's amazing. Awesome. That, yeah. Which is crazy, yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, how can I make this webinar title better or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he changed it to this. Um, it was like the the something add-on, the little add-on or something like that, that doubled my sales because I was teaching specifically boudoir photography. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying like how to book more boudoir clients, because that would really only attract boudoir photographers. But instead saying like um, this, I don't remember the exact title, but this certain photo shoot doubled my sales. Then all photographers go to the webinar and then you can, you know, um, educate them on why they should do boudoir. And I was like, Oh, like that. So this is interesting because it kind of flips that niching down and actually opens it wider. So how did that? Because I already was at like half a million. And so I don't know. I mean, if he was here, we could ask him, but I'll tell you it worked real well. I love that. Okay. All right. So the ebook, no ads. It was word of mouth. You were just promoting this to your audience. Did you borrow other people's audiences? Like, so I did. um, So I had an email list. And so, man, I mean, I wish I would have put more focus into this ebook, to be honest with you. Like, it's crazy to me that it did over half a million dollars. And I really did not put that much like time into it. I wish I would have, you know, I, I, I have since sold the the IP to another educator. Cause I'm focused on this now, but, um, yeah, because basically all I did was I would do like these little mini sales where I think it would be, you know, it's sold all the time for like a hundred bucks, but then I would have these little three day window sales for $59. That's pretty much all I did like to my email list. And I think I had maybe a few, like a handful of affiliates, like other educators that would promote the ebook. But Honestly, like if I went and looked at the data, like I know for sure that it was simply people buy it, they make a lot of money with it, and yep. they only spent fifty nine dollars, yep. and then they're like, "Holy cow!" Because every Facebook group at the time, you could search my ebook was called Model Call. You could search for that term in any Facebook group, and there would be like threads and threads and threads of people like talking about it. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so the ebook. And then what were the other 100 opt-ins oh that God. you had? <laughs> so many. Let me try. To, I can try to think <laughs> as many, many as I can, but I had a printables. So I had like a shop, um, like a boutique, I called it. I don't know. I was all over the place. I was a creative. Okay, people. Um, yeah, we get it. <laughs> I mean, I still am creative, but you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I had like a boutique where basically I had like bundles. So I would have like Uh, so photographers, they will sell like albums of photos. So I had album templates. Then I had like a business partnership template thing where you could like print all this out and make like little business partnership bundles and go door to door and like partner with people. These were all things that I was doing in my business that were working. And then I simply just templatized them. Um, Oh, I had another ebook called, uh, set it and forget it. And it was all about, um, so it wasn't, I know people think book when they think ebook, but it was, it was just a PDF, just like model call if, but instead it taught them email marketing and it gave them scripts for automating their booking processes. Um, I mean, yeah, there's so many, but those were the ones. So these were, (laughs) these are all opt-ins that did people pay for them? Yeah, these, so I did have freebies as well, but these were all paid. My 100 digital products were actually like 
paid digital products. Okay. So they were your products that you sold, (laughs) but they were all related to how to grow a photography business, like the marketing side. Specific. I think Set It and Forget It was for all photographers, but everything else was specific to boudoir specifically. So like really small niche. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, I do think if you can start out with a really small niche, it is going to be so much easier. Like I already have, you know, seven, eight years of whatever experience in the online marketing world. And I teach people courses and digital products and it is wildly harder than when I have my smaller niche. Honestly, if you get a, if you get a really small niche, that's a blue ocean. Like I didn't really have, maybe I had two, three competitors at the time. Um, you know, I thought, I thought I was the queen of marketing. I thought I was so good at it. And then I get into this space and I'm like, Whoa, like, I don't even think I was that good. Like now I am. Cause I've had to really up my game. But back then I'm like, I think I just had a really good niche. Like it's that, it really is that important. Honestly, let's talk about, well, first, okay. Two things remind me to come back to the blue ocean comment, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I want to kind of like evaluate this business decision that you made. So why do you think, again, if we really dig deep, you had 100 different products that were doing well, right? Like bringing value to your ideal customer. It was still in a very niche market. Why do you think getting rid of all of those products and just offering one, like let's evaluate that for for me and for my listeners. Like why, what's the magic of that? Why did that work so well? Yeah, I remember, well, I'm not going to dive really into this because I want to stay focused for this podcast. But I also, when I went to Russell with my 100 digital products, I also had started another business in 2017 doing what I do now. And I also had... um, a low carb blog selling like low carb products and stuff. But when he told me to go all in, I closed those businesses and retired all my products. So I just want to be clear. Like I was all over the place and I see okay. with a lot. Yeah. And I, and I, the number one reason it works is because you only have so many hours in a day. You only have so much focus. So, you know, if you can imagine a pie chart in your mind right now, I can either put that pie chart 100% fully onto one product or I can split it between 100 products or whatever the scenario is, four products, whatever. Plus I had multiple businesses. Plus I still have my photo business. Um, and yes, I did have a team, but I mean, that's just but still, I like that you had a team. Like, yeah. And like what's some crazy people... is I, I really did not work that much. Like my team was amazing. So, but um, I really think that that's what it was. So basically I had all those digital products. Plus I had four online courses. I had, um, photographers. So I had a business course, a marketing course, a shooting course, and a, what was the oh, wait, business marketing, shooting sales. Um, and so retired all those products. And I thought, okay, what's, if I can just focus on one product. So I created a product called boudoir certified. That was the one product that I went all in on. And instead of like, if you want to learn marketing, you have to buy this. If you want to learn email marketing, you have to buy this. If you want to learn posing, you have to buy this. If you want to learn pricing, you have to buy this. Because everyone told me like, oh, well, if you just sell people all those things, right? it's yep. another sale, it's another sale, it's another sale, it's another sale. True. But also if you sell them one thing that's expensive, that gets them the result that they want, yep. it's going to be easier to sell someone one thing than multiple things. And you know, if you charge enough for it, you're going to end up making a lot more money. And it's the one, you know, people aren't going to come to your website and be really confused about what should they buy. We used to have to have sales calls on our website. It would say confused about what to buy. Like <laughs> give us a call because like there was too many products. 
Yes. Well, and I know because I work with, you know, your ideal customer, um, they will think if I could get to the point where I can hire a team, then I can sell all of these products and have success. But it's the other way around. Like you can have a team to sell the one even more, you know? Yeah. Wow. I mean, this could be a whole other show, but like, I really, truly believe you need, what I do is I do the thing and I, and I make it successful and then I document it and then I hand it off and you can, you can be listening to this and be like, Oh, if I, if I buy a six figure employee, they can just do it themselves. Good luck to you. I have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. (laughs) No, because they need, they need structure. Like they need to know what they're doing. No one wants to come into a job where it's just like, have a, like, they have no idea what they should be doing. They want to follow a good employee will have a great process to follow and they can improve that process, but there needs to be something there for them to, to do. So I'm just so happy talking with you. I feel like this is a friendship that's meant to be. So hopefully we get to meet yes, real life one day. <laughs> awesome. So, okay. Well, let's talk about this. And I, I mean, the reason I'm having you here is to share about what you do. So we'll get there. So, but this, this all ties in. So this blue ocean, I'm a Russell Brunson fan. I know what you're talking about. That's where I learned it. But, um, and I bring this up because again, a lot of my people are in the quilting industry. And so they're like, Oh, I'll sell quilt patterns. And I really stress, like you have to find a blue part of the ocean. So can you talk to us about what that means and what that looks like? Yeah. So there's this book called Blue Ocean Strategy. And so that's like where everyone kind of, you know, why everyone references like blue ocean. So I would highly recommend reading that if you don't have a blue ocean. In Russell's book, I think it's Expert Secrets, which by the way, is my favorite of his three books. He does a really good job of explaining this with bubbles. (laughs) So essentially he'll have a big bubble that'll say like, well, so he says there's three there's three main niches, health, wealth, and relationships, but you don't want to just choose one of those. You want to dial in more. So he has these bubbles that say health, wealth, and relationships. So let's look at wealth. Okay. What's one thing down from wealth. Maybe it's, you know, we can use my niche as an example, like maybe it's, um, making money online. Okay. That's a niche. Then the next niche down could be digital products and courses. Okay. But now let's look at what I used to do. Um, so wealth, then it would be like teaching business. Then it would be teaching photographers. Then it would be teaching boudoir photographers. So I went like one step more with that um, previous business. And I do what I do now because I freaking love it. Like I will battle my competitors. I will do whatever I have to do. I will work harder to be successful in this harder niche because I love it. So also, you know, don't be afraid to go with a niche that you love, but keep in mind that it will be significantly harder if you don't niche down. So Um, yeah, I niched all the way super far down and it it, it was a lot easier for, for real. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you're going into create a product where there's already a hundred people or a hundred thousand people that are selling that product, it's very, very hard to stand out from the crowd. You know, I would also say too, that, you know, look into, I know not everyone wants to be an influencer, but there is a lot to be said about having a personal brand. So, you know, if not only did I have that small niche, but I also had a personal brand, like people knew my husband, they knew my dog, they knew what my house looked like. They knew all these things about me. And so it almost made competition irrelevant because if people connected with me and liked me, then they're going to buy my thing. So 
that's especially, I think, important when you are not super niche down because like for me, there's tons of people that teach digital products and courses, but the people who like me and they like my story and they feel um, connected to me, then they will purchase from me. Oh, that's huge. Especially um, I'm talking with some of my students right now about Instagram and some of them are mm -hmm. like, I don't understand Instagram stories. What is the relevance of that? Nurture. This right here, <laughs> yeah. like that personal brand. That's where you get to let people see behind the scenes and like get to know your family, get to know what you're baking for dinner or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and people that kind of a thing. Care. Like every single day when I post those, I'm like, no one cares, but it's like, no, they, they do care. I promise you they care. Think yeah. about the people you follow online. Like there's this guy I've been following online forever. Okay. Like, I don't even know why, like he teaches like males, male fitness. It's just like, he's a good <laughs> marketer though. So I find his content really interesting. And it's like, I could take a quiz that I would know everything about this person's life. And like, I find it interesting and it's like, why? Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. we, I think we, you know, we like connecting with other people and, and learning about their lives and things like that. Absolutely. Well, and I think of, I always talk about Sarah Blakely. She's another one that I'm always talking about the owner of Spanx. Yeah. I love her. I feel like she's my best buddy she because is she really, shares. She's very likable. I love her too. <laughs> yeah. And she'll share just quirky, funny things. And like, she jokes about her husband, but obviously she still loves and respects him. Oh my God. I'm like I, a I diss. Hilarious. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Oh, like, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesse just love him. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm very curious on your website, right? You go through the timeline of things that you offer. You've clearly had a lot of success and we'll get into what exactly you offer now, but you do say that you don't work often. You love to go outdoors and hike. How many hours a week are you working? Like, how are you making that happen? Okay, yeah. So that's super great question. And, you know, I think that it kind of comes in waves. So like, sometimes I work more, sometimes I work less. So for example, we just had a bunch of family come and stay at our house during the week because my husband's parents are retired. And I knew that I wasn't going to probably get a lot of work done. You know, I don't really like filming videos and things when there's like all these people in the house listening. So what I did was I just made sure to batch a bunch of my work on a day before they got here. So the entire week they stayed here, I didn't have to work at all. So we went on hikes, we cooked together, we did all these fun things. And for me, that's what freedom is about. It's not about, it does kill me when people say like, I want to have an online business because I never want to work. It's like that attitude is never going to build you a successful business. I love to work. Um, and there are days where, you know, I'll work from, I don't know, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or whatever, which is a long work day for me. I don't normally work that long. But most days I would say like 10 a.m. Um, then I will take like an hour or two break for lunch. Then I'll come and work a couple more hours. Then I'll go for a hike. And, and that's pretty much my day. It's pretty, uh, I don't have anything on my calendar other than guest podcasts. And on Tuesdays, I do one call for our course and one call for our membership. Awesome. Okay. I love this. And I feel this because sometimes I do see people who are very successful. They are working so much. And I'm like, that's not the life. I've been I, that person. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's burnout. Like it's not a happy place to be. But also, I also have some people who reach out and they're like, I don't want to learn this program. Is there a shortcut on how to make this or that? I'm like, Ooh, that I, I don't think you. that's going to work, you know? So there is that happy medium of like, You've got to work, but you also want to laugh and enjoy life and live a little. So, okay. And batching content, what stuff did you batch? Yeah. So every week I put out a YouTube video 
And then I also record, so I recorded a bunch of YouTube videos and then I also recorded a bunch of Instagram reels. Okay. And what kind of content are you sharing on your YouTube channel? Yeah. So it actually took me some time to find like my niche in my YouTube channel. And that was actually one of the best exercises in my opinion for just finding my niche in general, because I knew that I wanted to help people with online business, but you know, that's not like super niche. There's a lot of things you can do with online business. And so what I did was I actually researched um, a lot of different online business competitors in the space. And I saw like, what were their top videos? What worked really well? And when I first launched this business, it was called Profitable Courses. And I was only focused on courses. And I actually found that that was actually a little bit too niche for YouTube. Um, And so digital products is now where I'm at. And I find that it's a really good niche for me and for YouTube, because what's funny is we just talked about how you need to be super niche, but also for YouTube, you actually need to be a little bit broader. For example, with my boudoir education business, I couldn't even be on YouTube because number one, it was too niche. And number two, um, when I looked at my demographics, 90% of my viewers were male. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, this is not <laughs> attracting the right people. Um, so I don't know that like could be a whole other thing, but yeah, I batched my, like my YouTube, I, I put out four different content pillars right now. One of the content pillars is five digital products that blank. So it could be five digital products you can do start for free or five digital products that are good for passive income or whatever. Um, the next one is build passive income with blank. So build passive income with eBooks, build passive income with courses, blah, blah, blah. Then um, I have a whole pillar about AI because that's super popular right now and really fun to talk about. And then the fourth one is tech tutorials. Um, so if you're interested in YouTube, the reason I do those is they're really, really long which uh, increases your watch out, your public watch hours, and you need to have a lot of public watch hours to get monetized. So, hmm. Okay. So, what are the different pieces of the pie of the money that you bring in? How are those different revenue hmm. streams? Yeah. So, we have two main products we have profitable courses, and then we have a membership that I just launched. Um, so, I waited until we had a lot of sales of, the, of our course until it was consistently selling. And because the answer to a product that doesn't sell is not create another product. It's keep, you know, keep doing what you need to do to get that product selling. But I created a membership that's $49 a month. And the reason I did that is because, um, you know, everyone wants to have a course and they should, it's amazing, but you need to have, you know, at least a little bit of followers and to sell to with your course. And so I wanted to create something where people could go to, uh, grow their following, grow their email list, and also maybe start to sell like those little little digital products like eBooks and things. Um, and then that would have them even more prepared for my course profitable courses. So those are the two products. Those are two revenue streams. Then we have affiliate income. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think if there. Uh, eventually I might do some sponsorships. I've never done them before. I've heard a lot of pros and a lot of cons. Um, Sponsorship. Meaning what would that look oh, like? Oh yeah, sure. So sponsorship for like YouTube. So if you do a a YouTube video, you might have a sponsor come in. Like um the marketing platform that I use is called system.io. And you know, just to give an example, they have not approached me by the way, but if they were to approach me to say, Hey, could we would like to sponsor a one of your YouTube videos? And then you put like a little advertisement in your YouTube video as opposed to like the ads that run over the video. So what's cool is you can now get paid from the sponsor. You can get paid from the ads that run over your YouTube video and you can get paid from the products that you sell yourself. So YouTube is hmm. very, very profitable. Interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, right now it's mostly just the products and affiliate money. 
Okay. And when you say affiliate, do you mean you being an affiliate for other things or you have affiliates? No, that would be you being an affiliate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't currently have an affiliate program for my programs. That is something that I will do eventually, but it's just not, you know, you have to pick what you're going to focus on. Right. So that for yep. me, that's going to be like the later on thing. Um, but yeah, so I affiliate system.io, my marketing platform. Um, and then I affiliate VidPros, which is who I use. It's a monthly agency that edits all my videos. Um, and we affiliate a ton of other stuff, but I, I don't know anything that I go to mention. That, and I only affiliate things I already use. So if I'm already using it and already mentioning it, I'll just Google whatever it's called and then affiliate program and then I'll sign up for it. Nice. Okay. So, okay. Now let's dive into the nitty gritty of what you offer, who your potential customer is. Let's start with that. Sure. So yeah, so I just have the two products. So I have profitable courses. Um, it's a nine, it's a $997 course right now, but I actually just closed enrollment to it. I'm going to be doubling it and I'm going to be making it a bundle. So it's going to mm -hmm. be profitable courses plus passive courses. Um, because really the result people want to get is the passive course. So I want to do a better job of, um, explaining that. And then, so I'm always, I'm always improving, you know, yep. and then my membership, which is called freedom creator club. And like I said, that is $49 a month right now. And it helps you to grow your audience, your email list and start selling little digital products. Um, yeah, that was the question, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious your ideal customer, or I guess your average oh. customer, do they generally come in from the membership first or the course first? So I just launched the membership like two weeks ago. So oh, okay. my hope, um, all of my customers come from my organic social following. We used to run ads. Um, now we stopped. I really want to grow up the organic more first. Then I might do some retargeting ads. But again, this could be a whole episode about how cold traffic is a lot harder than it used to be. Facebook laid well, off paid ads are too. That's I, what I mean. Paid ads. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I digress, but. Um, yeah. So my ideal customer, <laughs> my, my goal is basically my value ladder would be people come in through a freebie. They, they find me on social media, they get a freebie, they join my email list. And then I have like a six to nine month auto email sequence. So it wow, takes them. Do you really? Everything. Yeah. So I have the Dang. five day welcome sequence. Um, Russell teaches a version of that in his dot-com book. I teach my own version uh, to my students in my Freedom Creator Club. But yeah, so I have like a welcome series that invites them to our group and tells my story and gets them freebies. And then after that, they have 30 days of nurture emails. It's a mix of emails I've written plus YouTube videos. Then they get um, a launch for Freedom Creator Club. Then they get another 30 days of emails. Then they get a launch for profitable courses. So they can come in on either of those. But if we had to look at like a traditional value ladder, then it would go membership and then course. I am so intrigued by this email journey. Okay. I feel like that's an amazing, is that typical of someone who's very successful to have that amount of like an email journey that's that long? So back in, I don't even think anyone's going to know who this is, but he was really popular back in like 2014. Um, Andre Sh Chaperone, his name is, I'm sure like Russell or like old school people would know about him, but he taught something called arm autoresponder madness. And it was all like, so I've been doing these long automated email sequences 
pretty much since I maybe like a year after I got started. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan because it's exhausting. Like you already have to send out, you know, for me, a YouTube video once a week reels every day, like whatever else you do. I have a discord group. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting off Facebook, but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you already have to do all of these things. And then it's like to send an email every week, you got to come up with a story. You got to come up with this. So when I first started, I did do manual emails every week until I had enough created, then I knew I could automate it because when people come into your world, it's like, they're never going to get those emails. So like, you might as well automate it because that's new to them. And that's something you have to keep in mind always is people get sick of telling their story over and over and over and over. But if you want to build an audience, you have to tell your story over and over and over because otherwise those people will never hear it. Yeah. So you don't send out weekly emails? Not anymore because it's all automated. <laughs> wow. So. I am so intrigued. This is a whole new perspective for me. Yeah. So when you have a launch, do you send out an email to your email list about it? Like what, how, how are you using the email list? Yeah. So typically I just do one live launch and then I automate my stuff. So I'm, I'm not someone who likes to do like a lot of launches. I find launches to be exhausting. They are. Um, they are. Yeah. So yeah. So I will do a live launch. So I'll pre-write all the emails, you know, create everything needed for that launch. And then I'll schedule those. But then once the launch has, you know, if we do the launch and it's successful, then we're going to automate it. If we do the launch and it's not successful, then we're just going to throw that in the trash. <laughs> yeah. For someone who is starting out and they don't have a large following on, let's just say Instagram mm -hmm. or an email list, and they want to offer a course, what, what do you say to that? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, the way that I did it with this business when I launched it, like end of 2020, 2021-ish, is I created, because I had to restart with my audience. So um, I created a Facebook group. And that's something that I teach to my students. Like if you have absolutely no following, um, I don't think a Facebook group is a great solution for like a long-term platform like YouTube. But I do think it's a great solution for getting followers very quickly. So I do recommend Facebook group, but really it doesn't really matter. Like choose a platform that you want to be on and that you want to learn. And I want to repeat that. Choose a platform, not every platform, a platform. If you are intrigued by Instagram, do Instagram. If you want YouTube, do YouTube. Um, you know, but, but what you need to do is learn, you know, pick a platform and learn that platform. And then immediately, okay, not a month from now, not tomorrow, whatever, immediately create a freebie and start moving those followers to your email list. So what I do is on YouTube in my description, I have a ton of freebies that go with each pillar of content that I described to you guys. So that way, no matter what you know type of content I'm creating, there's a freebie that goes along with that content. Because if I create a video about AI, they're not going to want a freebie about eBooks, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, yeah. So, and then with Instagram, I have my freebies link in bio. And then, you know, so basically you don't want to wait though, because personally, I think social media followers, followings are basically worthless. Like you yeah. need to get those people onto an email list, not only because then you, you know, can own that, you know, data or whatever, but also your, what I think you can Google this. It's 70%, no, 70 times more likely to convert a 
a, um, an email list subscriber to a customer than social media. It's crazy. I've made a YouTube yeah. video about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll have to check that. Actually send the link. We'll put the link in the show notes for that. Sure. So yeah, just start out building your following. And then my, I always, my advice is get to 500 email subscribers. Then you can launch your course. You're going to convert one to 2%. Um, most likely you can convert more, but typically that's what I see. So if you're happy with getting five to 10 sales, your first launch, then do that. If you're not, you know, maybe wait a little bit longer, but yeah. Oh, I just have so many things. So are you in a mastermind? This is now completely selfish that I'm asking this. <laughs> I am not in a mastermind right now. I am eyeing a couple masterminds. It's really hard to top the one that I was in. <laughs> no joke. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I love Russell, but I don't want to join. It's nothing. I mean, if you want to join inner circle, you should like, it's amazing. Um, the community that he creates, but I don't want to be in a mastermind like that big. Like they have such big mm -hmm. ones now. It's not the same as what I was in. I would like to find, I've looked at like Rachel Rogers. She has a cool mastermind. I haven't found anything that I'm like willing to part with, you know, 50 grand yet. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. I will eventually join one also because I'm sort of at the more, this business is only like a couple years old. And so, you know, I'm still getting to where I was. So I think we did about 400 and some revenue last year with this 400 and some thousand with revenue last year. So my point is that I still know the things I need to do to grow it. Yeah, um, yeah. But once I get to that point where I'm like, oh, I don't know, that that's I'm for sure going to join one. Yeah. Hmm. This is so cool and so fascinating. All right. Well, this has been amazing. If our listeners want to to find you, where should they go? Yeah. So YouTube is great for videos, but it's not great for connecting. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just Molly M Kaiser, and I have the blue check, so you'll know which profile is me because I have had a lot of people you know, do the whole scam profile thing. So, Oh, really? Are there a few out there that are like impersonating you? I get messages all the time. This person's impersonating. I'm like, I don't have time to deal with that. I got the exactly. check now. Yeah. <laughs> you know who to follow and who not to. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And then if they want to, you, do you have a podcast, right? I do kind of have a podcast. That's okay. a good question. <laughs> you know, and I talk about all the time focus. So like basically when I first created this business, I thought I wanted my number one platform to be a podcast. So I created a podcast, but I found over time, like I really enjoy YouTube. Um, so that's why I have a podcast, but it's not like my main focus. And that's why it's not a consistently put out show basically. Perfect. So YouTube is your place that like, yeah, I that's put out every go. week YouTube and then I repurpose to TikTok and Instagram. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so cool. Thank you so much for being here. I've absolutely loved it. Yeah, this is really fun. I really enjoy talking to your amazing host. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. Molly, thank you so much for being here on the Craft Your Career podcast. I absolutely loved it. In fact, since the recording, she and I have been in touch and continue to chat business. She's also creating a little mini course for my mastermind and for my Craft Your Career course. So I hope you enjoyed meeting Molly and learning from her. She is just a wealth of knowledge and a very savvy businesswoman. So again, Molly, thank you for being here. And next Friday, I will see you right back here on the Craft Your Career podcast. Until then, take care.